Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 13th of February. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, we talk to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain about his memories of playing against the Gunners Academy teams. Remember a famous number seven in this week's history lesson and as ever, Adrian Clark is back with another dose of the chalkboard. We kick off though by looking back at the weekend action with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Joining me this week to look back at the whole City game is the club photographer Stuart McFarlane. Stuart, great to have you with us. Looking forward to getting all of your thoughts in a moment. Uh, after a tough week, though, essential the Gunners got back to winning ways, and they did, thanks to Alexis. Cockle out, and eventually he's gone towards Ozil. Ozil for Awobi. Awobi looking for Ozil, gets to the byline, pulls it back across the face of goal. My four for Kieran Gibbs, cleared off the line, forced out by Alexis Sanchez. Arsenal have the advantage. It was scrappy, but it will count, and the Gunners are in front. Handball all day long. He just moved his arm out. Clamberg got it spot on again. Yeah, he did. Good refereeing. So Alexis for two. And surely to complete the win, finds the corner, 2-0. Alexis at the double, ends Arsenal's barren patch with his 16th and 17th goals of the campaign. So a couple of key goals there from Alexis and uh, Stuart, good to have you with us. And a big, big breath of uh, fresh air and a big, big sort of relief as well. Yeah, it was massive. It was uh, after the two previous games, I think we really had to just get the points on the board, really. I think that was the most important thing. And did it, and did it not necessarily in the most, say, impressive clinical manner, but just getting that victory and moving on was, was so, so important. Oh, definitely. And uh, as I said, the points, the points are the most important thing. I thought we actually played pretty well. Uh, I, can, I can always tell from my pictures. If we play badly, I don't get lots of pictures. If we play well, I look you know, at the end of the game when I'm editing, you get lots of dynamic pictures of players running towards you and stuff. So... My pictures say we played well, so we played well. <laughs> and who were one or two of the players that focused in quite a few of your shots? Alexis, clearly, but yeah, I'm sure to others. Alexis is so dynamic, so he's, all, he's always on the ball. And really, the midfield players with the ball at their feet, uh, Francis Coughlin spent a lot of time uh, you know, in the sort of uh, final third, so he got quite a few 
good, good shots of him this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So Alexis, so many times the talisman, the hero. Here's what the boss Arsene Wenger had to say about him post-match. Alexis is a striker mentality. That means he gives never up. Uh, he fights until the end. And uh, that's why I believe as well that uh, uh, he uh, is uh, at that level. So Arsenal getting the three points against a team, to be fair, who've improved a lot, haven't they, Hull under Marco Silva? And uh, they were far from easy. You can see that why they gave Arsenal such a tough challenge. Yeah, they were, they were a good side and uh, we beat them quite easily uh, away. But yep. you, you know, they really struggled at the start of the season. With, uh, they didn't have many players in their squad. I know they had a lot of youth team players on the bench. But he looks like a good manager and he's got a, he's got a decent record here, hasn't he? He's, he's now just won one and lost one when he was manager of Olympiacos, so good to get one back on him. Very much so. And from Arsenal, moving forward from here, Chelsea dropping points over the weekend, Spurs obviously the same. I know it's such a disappointing week the week before, but uh, things have improved in, in the wider sense as well, haven't they? Yeah, and I think, I think with, the, with the team as well, there's so much experience of this latter part of the season that... Uh, I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I think we'll pick up quite a lot of points between now and the end of the season. And hopefully still have another strong league finish, plus, obviously, as we know, this coming week, the Cups to look forward to, yeah, both the, of them. Yeah, the Cups, are, the Cups are great. And, you know, we've been to Munich a few times, but I think everyone, me included, is so looking forward to going to Sutton. You know, I, I went there in 1989 when they beat, uh, when they beat Coventry. That's my first ever FA Cup game as a photographer. And I never, ever thought I'd go back there all these years later as Arsenal's chief photographer photographing <laughs> Arsenal play there. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great uh, few days now. Yeah, actually, we'll come back to obviously more about your job in a moment, but that does almost sum it up, doesn't it, when you've got two such different challenges professionally probably for you, just like it's the same for the management, the players and everybody else involved. Yeah, and in a way, I think the players will feel comfortable playing at the Allianz because they know it so well. They know the pitch is going to be great. You know, they know the, what the atmosphere is going to be like. They, they know a lot of the players, whereas Sutton, I doubt whether any of our players have even been there, know where it is or would have ever played against any of their players, bar the, bar the ones who've, who course. came from my youth team. Of which there are a couple, indeed. The player I wanted to talk to you about was Kieran Gibbs. Uh, strong performance back into the team, of course, at the weekend just gone. Uh, let's hear his thoughts post-match for a moment. It was a good chance to show a response, and we certainly did that today. And still, at times, I feel... We can play a lot better and we've got such a, a squad to cause a lot of damage. Um, but yeah, we, we would tie up those those ends offensively in the final third and um, sharpen up and we'll look even stronger. So um, it's obviously nice to get a clean sheet as well off the back of a couple of defeats. So we can look forward. And yeah, Kieran, I'm sure a player who's going to feature in one or, or the other of the game's minimum and, and a player who's fought his way back in again after injuries and seems to have nicked that first-team jersey off Nacho Monreal again at the moment, doesn't he, possibly? I've known Kieran for a long time, but it's good to see him play, to get a game and play well. I remember when he came into the, when he came into the first team and he was, a, you know, he was a winger who was put back to being a full-back and a lot of people asked questions whether he could do that job mm. or not, but... It's, it now seems that so many wingers have gone back to playing full-back, not Victor Moses and uh, is it Valencia at yeah, uh, Man yeah, United. So that seems, to be, that seems to be the norm now. And uh, I, think, I think he's got he's a fantastic player. So hopefully he'll get a few games before the end of the season. And he'll give you a few good more snaps, I would have thought, as well as he's yes. given you a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just going back a little bit to your, to your role, you've been at the club on the payroll for about 16 years, yeah. did you say? But you've obviously been 
and Arsenal photographer well before that as well. This goes back a long, long way, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes back to 1990. I worked for a local agency who uh, Arsenal employed to, to shoot all their home games and then their away games. And then as the, as the sort of interest in photography got greater and the club looked towards uh, building a new stadium, they, I think they wanted to get someone full-time who could come in and record the, you know, the building of the new stadium. So in, in 2001, they asked me to come for a job interview and uh, it sort of all started from there. I never thought I'd be working here as a full-time photographer, but uh, it's been a crazy sort of 16 years. When you, when you see, the, probably, it's probably the biggest change in the club in the last 16 years and in the, in the previous 97 or whatever. Yeah, and, and things have changed so much, haven't they? Just tell me one or two of the things that you've experienced evolve and alter over your time within the role. Well, really, when we first, when we first started, when I first started, I was, there was not many full-time photographers at football clubs. Maybe Man United was the only one. And I just used to shoot purely for the match day programme and, and that was it. And, that, and now we shoot, there's two of us now, myself and David Price. David joined two years after me. We shoot everything across the club. We shoot stuff for all the social media. Uh, we shoot for, obviously, for the website, still for the programme, the magazine, also across all departments, all our partners, you know, all Puma and Emirates and all that stuff. Also, and we syndicate our pictures through an external agency called Getty Images, so they syndicate our pictures to their over 180 offices around the world. So it's a massive growth in in the sort of interest in still images in the in the last 16 years. And obviously your kind of dealings with the club change as well, because the more you're needed, I guess, the more intrinsically almost wrapped around the club you find yourself too. When we first started it, dipping in and out the training ground a few times a season, and you didn't really get to know the players or the manager, because it was George Graham at the time. But as time's gone on, the, the interest in... The interest in the, in the football club and in, in the Premier League is, is so massive now. I'm there three three or four days a week. You know you know the man. I know Arsene Wenger quite well. Yeah. You, you get to know the players really well. You get to know what their personalities are, and there's there's a there's a closer bond between me to this group than there was me to George Graham's group. Even though now I probably I get on better with people like Ian Wright now than yeah. he did when he played. Amazing. Amazing how these things evolve over the years, isn't it? And it's all, of course, encapsulated in uh, the Wenger revolution. Uh, Stuart and, and Amy Lawrence, I believe, uh, behind this one. Tell us a bit more. And really good proceeds to this, to the Arsenal Foundation yeah. as well. Yeah, well, I helped out on Amy's book. She did a book about the Invincibles, I think, about four or five years ago. I supplied a lot of the imagery for that. And uh, she said, hey, look, you know, there's some great pictures here. We should think about doing a book of your pictures. So I said, that would be great. Didn't think anything of it. And then a few months later, she came back and said, look, it's 20 years of the boss. Why don't we do a 20 years of pictures? And I said, that would be great, you know. So we spoke to the club. The club were in agreement. So Amy and I went through, worked out chapters, and then we did, we printed about 100 pictures, took them up and sat down with Arsene Wenger for two hours. Wow. And he, and he talked through the pictures. And it, it, was, it was amazing, some of the stuff he said. And, re and really, for me, to put pictures in front of him and see him smile and say, I remember this, I remember that. You know, it wasn't all about trophies, but it was maybe, you know, him walking, coming to Emirates for the first time. We, we worked out where the centre spot was. This is even before you know, we put a shovel in the ground, put a football down, got him to stand beside it. And it was just that moment with me and him taking the picture. And, you know, he, you know, he looked at that and went back and said, what a great moment that was. So it was great to sit down with him 
and go through the pictures and he did the forward and he did some captions in the book and I did some captions. So it was a fantastic project to get involved in. I, I didn't ever think I'd ever do a book, especially with someone like Arsene Finger. Incredible. And as you say as well, there have been all the trophies and all the successes, but there's just those little moments in the game, that little moments just as human beings. There's so many things that I'm sure are encapsulated as well, just fleeting moments that, that still images are so good at encapsulating. They, they, they are, and pe people always ask me, what's your, what's your favourite picture? And I, I could never say that. I, I think of moments in time, like, 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 you know, like the bus parade in 2004 and stuff, just moments like that, and you're there to capture it. I think, OK, I've done my job, I've captured it, but what a great, what a great feeling. You look back and you try and remember about the day, but it, 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 as much for me, it'd be something that, you know, I've shown to my kids, they've got a copy each and they flick through it and they're quite proud that their dad's actually finally achieved something. Oh, we've <laughs> definitely done that. Stuart McFarlane, the Arsenal Club photographer. Thank you very much indeed for coming in and chatting to us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. It's been really, really interesting. Thank you. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain rose through the ranks at Southampton before joining the Gunners back in the year 2011. The Ox spoke to Arsenal media about his memories of playing for Saints against Arsenal's academy teams. That was the thing we all dreaded the most, was playing Arsenal at 10 years old when we turn up and they're about 6 foot 20 already. And Chucks and Iki was just bullying me. Nico Yanaris was just bullying me. Who else? Benica Fobe was just scoring 20 goals a game. It was, it was honestly, it was, it was horrible. I, me I remember under nines, I think we lost 12-1. Under tens, again, we got pumped about 10 or 11 nil. And then under 11s, my dad was the coach, and we thought we'd crack the code, didn't we? We, we, we went 2-0 up and we thought we'd crack the code. We thought we'd broke the Arsenal code and we lost 12-2. So... <laughs> Yeah, Arsenal was always a real, it was a real tough day at the office every time. Up until under fourteens or fifteens was under fourteens was our first win, three two away at Hairland, and uh, and we gained some respect off the Arsenal boys after that. When we went, we then went to the night tournament. I'll tell you a funny story. We then went to a, to the night tournament um, the week after we beat Arsenal three two at their place, and. We went through, so we in our group we had us, Fulham, Watford, Chelsea. So we thought we were doomed from minute one, but we managed to beat Watford two nil. We beat Fulham one nil, and we drew nil nil with Chelsea, and we went through. So we came out of the group. So everyone else went home, and obviously two teams um, from each group went went through. Or was it one group, one team from each group? I don't know, but there wasn't many teams left. So the teams that were there it was the big teams. It was Arsenal, Everton. I think Chelsea were through, um, Newcastle were through, a couple of other teams, Middlesbrough might have been through, and then it was just us, and everyone knew we used to get battered. Like We were a good academy, but everyone was just so much bigger than us always that we always used to get beat around under-14s um, age group, so everyone was so surprised to see us. And We were in the, um, the games room one, one day, the first day when all the teams had gone home, we were in the games room, and I remember Arsenal bowled in the games room and we were like, oh no, it's like something out of film. Like We all just crumbled, like, oh no, we're going to get moved here. And Manuel Frimpong burst through the door. This is the first time we've ever come into contact with Frimmy. So obviously 
because it was a uh, it was different with the um, night tournament. It wasn't under 14s. It was the birth dates, so it was around under 14 age groups. But you could have some of the younger boys in the year above playing down. So we'd never played against Manuel Frimpong. We didn't know him, so and he didn't know us. So he come down, and it was me and another lad on the PlayStation. And Frimmy come over. He was like, "What do you think you're doing?" And I'm just like, "Yes, yes, sir, Mr. Frimpong." <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She's playing the PlayStation. He's like, no, this is ours. Get off. We were like, Frimmy's looking like a grown man. And I'm like, so underdeveloped. It's untrue. I'm like a little boy. And I was like, cool. Here's the PlayStation. And then a couple of the other Arsenal boys were like, no, 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 Frimmy, they're cool, leave them, leave them, leave them. He's like, what do you mean they're cool? They beat us 3-2 last week. And Frimmy was like, you let them beat you 3-2? They're like, yeah, trust me, they're sick, they're sick. And Frimmy was like, ah, oh, cool, cool, you can, you can stay with us. I was like, boys, we've made it into the, you know what I mean, the Arsenal boys think we're the boys. We were buzzing. So it was us and the Arsenal boys playing a bit of pool. We were playing pool. Um, with Jason Banton at the time and, and he was t talking to me about the game from the week before and saying, oh, you look like a good player. Like, no, nah, I thought we, we were all saying, like, you look decent. Like, I'm happy for you to keep doing your thing. Well, and I was buzzing. I was like, because I remember playing against Jason for years and he was like, he was the winger. I think he was playing on the wing for Arsenal then and we all said how good he was. So, you know, we had such high respect levels for all the Arsenal boys that, you know, they were the best. They were all the best growing up. Um, so to hear him saying that to, to myself, I was I was buzzing. I, you know, I thought I'm going to make it now. If he thinks I'm good, I'm making it. And um, it's quite it's quite surreal looking back now. But but yeah, that that was our story with the uh, with Emmanuel Frimpong and, and the Arsenal boys at the night tournament. So it's a good one. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Charlie George, who can hit him? Oh, a great goal! It's 
up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 13th of February 1956, Liam Brady was born in Dublin in Ireland. One of the most skillful players to ever grace the Highbury turf. He had a magic left foot as well and Liam will always be synonymous for that goal against Tottenham in a 5-0 win at Christmas back in the year 1978. Liam went on to score 59 goals in 307 Arsenal appearances over a nine-year period, also winning the 1979 FA Cup before moving on to join Juventus in 1980. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So, Adrian Clark joins me at the chalkboard. Clarky, how are you? Very good. Great to see you in person. I see you've made the effort today. That's some shirt you got on. I'd like to try and, you know, do my very best for you, my friend. Looking <laughs> not so bad yourself. But let's get away from I didn't say it was a good shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on to Liam Brady. Uh, obviously, one of the features on the podcast this week. Uh, tell me your favourite Liam Brady moment. Well, oh, or memory. He's a little bit before my time, to be perfectly honest. Um, because, well, I'm 42 so so when I re I remember seeing him in the flesh actually play for West Ham towards the, the back end of his career and he was a name that was synonymous when I was a real young young boy growing up in football and I was excited to watch him play great left foot just a wand of a left foot but in terms of memories of what I've seen of him it has to be that goal at White Hart Lane the outside of the foot swerve, swerve into the top corner absolute beauty but yeah anybody and I, I, I worked under uh, Pat Rice I worked under George Armstrong they always used to wax lyrical about Liam Brady about his left foot because I was a left footer as well sometimes they would they'd not compare me to Liam Brady but you <laughs> in, you do yeah. left footers here at Arsenal have always had that that slight comparison it's like oh you you know his left foot's a little bit like it's a bit Brady-esque and I always sort of took that as a massive compliment it's a big Look, boot to fill isn't well, it well yeah and no one's really ever filled it I, I think Liam Brady would have a good shout to be in Arsenal's greatest all-time 11 he's that good OK, fantastic thoughts there, Clarkey. Let's move on to what is a massive weekend, but also an even bigger, arguably, midweek to come. Two huge cup competitions, and you don't probably get more of a contrast of two opponents than Sutton United and Bayern <laughs> Munich, do you? No, not at all. Um, it's going to be a fascinating week. It really is. Uh, it's going to be a massive test in, in different ways of, of Arsenal's uh, mental capacity. Um, because I think the teams will be quite different, I would imagine, um, for, for Bayern and for Sutton. But yeah, look, look if we attack the Bayern one first, it is psychologically the players have got something to get over because the last time they were at the Allianz Arena, Bayern wiped the floor with them. It was as simple as that. It was 5-1. Um, it was a hammering. So even though we've had some real positive results against Bayern in recent seasons, the last meeting wasn't 
you know, wasn't a happy one. So, so we've got to wipe that, that slate clean. And obviously this Bayern team has got a different manager. It's still going well in terms of its other tournaments, but form since the new year has not been great. And plenty of talk about dressing room unrest and maybe a schism between some of the, the sort of German and foreign players and various things that have come out. I'm surprised about that. I, I, I think Carlo Ancelotti... He's a top manager. He's top five. If you're talking about coaches in the world, I think the Premier League has got most of the best coaches. OK, top five, top seven. No, I would put him in the top five, Carlo Ancelotti. I think he, he, he's outstanding. And um, his teams are very powerful normally. Uh, he's a good man manager normally as well. He gets players to play for him. So it does surprise me that there's a little bit of unrest. They've got... A lot of senior players now. Some of the the old guys are, are getting on a bit, and I would imagine that that, that maybe there's there's the odd conflict there between you know they're fed up perhaps at, at the youngsters taking their place. Um, Lam standing down early, of course, was an interesting development. Yeah, this I mean, last look, Lam's week. a class act, He's a real top player. They've missed Jerome Boating. Um, Hummels and Boating is supposed to be the the centre back partnership. But injuries have kind of scuppered a lot, you know, that for much of the season. So that's been a, a slight problem. They're spoiled for choice, though. You look at the squad, it's unbelievable. You know, you, especially in the wide areas. You've got Robin and Ribery, the old stages. You've, you've got Costa. You've got Kingsley Coman. You've got Muller, who can come in off the flanks. It's a ridiculous squad. And... Um, we couldn't have had a tougher draw. So, what do Arsenal do in terms of their approach tactically, personnel-wise, and what would they be looking to take as a score out of that first leg minimum? Well, I, I'm slightly worried about Arsenal uh, because the fullbacks love to bomb forward, and I think that's been a real issue at, at the moment. I talk about it in this week's breakdown, actually, about picking and choosing the right times for the fullbacks to fly forward. At the moment, I think they're just doing it a little bit too often. And if you do that against Bayern Munich, with, with their power on the counter-attack, with, uh, with the wingers I've just talked about, they can hurt you. So I would like to see Arsenal have a more cautious approach. I want the back four to stay compact, to pick and choose the right times to, to go forward. I actually would maybe think about changing the system for this one, maybe go for three-man central midfield. Um, mm. uh, 4-3-3 is how I would... would so like to back players. in? Well, I personally would have would have the Ox would be the first name on the sheet for me. I just think he's been outstanding in recent weeks. He has to play in central midfield, in my view. Um, I would have Xhaka and Elneny alongside him. That would be my trio. I actually think, you know, it's a toss-up for Mesut Ozil. I think, you know, do, do you use him out wide or do you maybe bring him off the bench? I'd like to see maybe Danny Welbeck get a game in this one. Um, I'd go 4-3-3. We're not going to have a lot of the ball because history says in this fixture, Bayern would dominate the ball. So what we need to do is be solid. And when we counter, we have to be clinical because I don't imagine we'll get a lot of chances. OK, so that is a massive game midweek. Then at the weekend, as we mentioned, Sutton United, more than 100 places between the two teams in the footballing pyramid. It is, we talk about them, fairy tales. It's a remarkable story to get this far and then for them to get this draw. Yeah, it's lovely for Sutton. It really is. And good luck to them. They will be so excited. Uh, a little bit nervous, so, you know, in front of the live cameras. Uh, playing against their heroes because a lot of the guys are Arsenal fans. You know, when you're a non-league player, you've all got, you've all got team. They've all got teams. Um, a lot of the guys have got jobs, so uh, it's going to be a strange experience for them. I've been in non-league, so I, I was, you know, fortunate to start at the top. I went down, ended up trialed in, at my club. Exactly, yeah, kiddie. Um, but yeah, no, I played in non-league for clubs of a similar size to Sutton, 
And I'll tell you what, they will, they will, they will um, look to make life as hard as possible for Arsenal. They're getting the faces. The, the message from the manager will be show no respect. Don't show too much respect. Because if you do, if you stand off Arsenal, no matter which 11 Arsenal Wenger picks, then I think the Gunners will pick them off with ease. So it's all about making life uncomfortable for Arsenal. And, and having played at that level, I, I, they're capable of it. Whether they're capable of it for 90 minutes is the question mark. I think the first half will be a challenge. And then, hopefully, from an Arsenal point of view, we can wear them down and the quality will, will come through. Who do you expect to be one or two players that might shine for Arsenal in that game, well, given the fact there will be some squad rotation? There will clearly. be rotation, won't there? Yeah, I think, I think that's inevitable. I'd like to see Lucas Perez get another game. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, I think, I, I, I'm a fan. I, li I like his work. Uh, it could be, could be an afternoon for him to shine. Maybe one of the, you know, one of the youngsters, Jeff uh, Ren Adelaide. He, he was excellent, wasn't he, against Southampton? And it could be a platform for him to remind the manager. Go remember this is on an artificial pitch, and I think that will be something really different for the players. I would imagine actually they'll train after Bayern on the artificial pitch at London Colney. I'd like to think they would anyway, because I do think it's really important. It is different, um, even though these days they're, they're far better than they used to be. It is different, and I'm telling you now, it will be a slight leveller having to play on that artificial surface. So. Um, so that is something the players need to uh, to think about ahead of the game. In a sentence then, Clarkie, to try and sum up all of the above, <laughs> how do Arsenal win both games this week? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's an impossible question, isn't it? The, the word that springs to mind is they need to show adaptability. It is two hugely contrasting tests. And if they can show adaptability, tailor their tactics for Bayern in one game, and then change, rip it up, start again for Sutton. If they can get that right, then we should have two positive results. I certainly hope so. I think you have done the impossible there and tied it into one answer, which is very, very good. Clarkie, great work. I tell you what, I think it's high time we had an update on our ongoing and hopefully exciting, again, prediction competition. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor Liam Roberts now joins us. And Liam, a man who didn't sleep for, was it 36 hours in and around the Super Bowl? Incredible that you've managed to catch yourself back up and be with us today. How are you feeling? A lot better than I did last week. <laughs> I don't know if it's back to form, but I'm feeling a, a little bit better. Good, good. Um, so last week I asked you, possession split. We thought Arsenal would have quite a bit of possession against Hull. Um, Russ, you said... 62 to 38, I think. And Ada, you went yeah, for the dark arts, I did, didn't you? yeah. I went, I went naughty. And this was, you've got to remember in context, they just had, Liverpool had just had over 70% of possession against Hull previously and got beaten. So this is where we were coming from. I went over, I'm pretty sure it was under. Um, yeah, incredibly, Hull actually had more possession. It was 51-49. So neither of you got it right. 49, but, it's unbelievable. But Russ, you got closer, so that's another point. Another point back. Three um, weeks in a row, I believe. It's now 18 points to 17. So yeah, the comeback is well and true. turns. No one, wanted, again. no one wanted a runaway uh, win, <laughs> did they? So, you know, I've let you back in. <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone both ways. Like before Christmas, you'd run away with it. So coasting it's, um, away, yeah. yeah. It's hotting up nicely. What is it that, yeah, I've got a. Well, look after your kids. Is that, is that correct? Oh, yeah, that was it, yeah. And then you've got to, uh, I've got to take over your social media account. That's if, right. If I win. That's I, right. I, I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to win. Still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. So double game Mine week. good. Double game week again this week. Um, we're anticipating that both games, there'll be a lot of players used. But I can't imagine too many players who play on Wednesday will also play on Monday. Yes. So I want to know how many 
different players will Arsenal use over the two games? That is a brilliant question. I love that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's me first, isn't and, it? Yeah, maybe yeah this, is, this is hard. I'm expecting big changes for the FA Cup. Uh, 10 or 11, maybe 11. So, on that basis, I am going to say... It sounds ridiculous. I'm going to say 23. 23 different players across two games. So 28 would be the absolute limit, is that correct? That's two right, changed yeah. 11s and six different subs over the two games. Mm. You said 20... 23. Oh, gosh. I think it may not be quite that ridiculous because some that were on the bench for one might start the other and vice versa. I don't think you're far off, but I'm going to go Dark Artastic 22. <laughs> Good luck. Battle line's firmly drawn. Clarky, when can we next see or hear you? Um, I will be on the match day show um, for that Sutton game. Uh, can't wait. I'll be on commentary duty before that for, for Bayern. Really looking forward to that particular match. So, yeah, busy old week. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, to Stuart McFarlane and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can find us on Acast these days as well, so you'll never have the excuse to miss another episode. We're back on Tuesday, the 21st of February, a day later than normal due to that Sutton game. Until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners! The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.